everybody, welcome uh, to the podcast. It is Monday, December 11th, 2023. It's time for the Sunday review of the mainstream media where I look at um, the Sunday mainstream media with critique and analysis. And today on CBS Sunday Morning Propaganda segment about Kevin McCarthy and with his retirement from Congress, uh, the former House Speaker talked with CBS News Chief Election and Campaign Correspondent and CIA asset Robert Costa about his support for Trump and growing up in a Democrat family. And also on CBS Face the Nation, uh, Maggie Brennan interviews Senator James Langford, the lead GOP negotiator with the White House on the supplement budget bill, where Langford discusses the border as the deep state tries to push Ukraine war funding on the American public and ignores the threat of the southern border crisis, which what that poses. So I'll be talking about this and more. Uh, also be uh, tearing into the Sunday New York Times, showing how the newspaper continually mischaracterizes the facts to mislead the public. I try to whip these through these headlines fast. But first, don't forget to engage the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment, follow my other website, libpop.org, follow me on social media. Substack and rudysrevelation.com. Let's get into it. Okay, we're going to get into the uh, New York Times, the Sunday New York Times. We're going to start off first by Elon Musk brings conspiracy theorist Alex Jones back to X. Jones was banned from the social media platform in 2018 after posting harassing messages. That's not really true. He posted a video of him harassing. Uh, a CNN reporter, Oliver Darcy, who had lobbied, him and Brian Stelter had lobbied to get Alex Jones kicked off or deplatformed, which indeed happened. And the last holdout in social media was Twitter. And now Elon Musk, after the Tucker Carlson interview with Alex Jones, Elon Musk put it to the people, Vox Populi, and had a poll, a vote, to see if Alex Jones should be reinstated. It was overwhelming. Over 2 million people responded. 70% said that Alex Jones should be allowed back on the platform. I'll just read the lead here by this article by Kate Conger. Elon Musk on Sunday allowed the right-wing provocateur and conspiracy theorist Alex Jones to return to the social media platform X, which banned him more than five years ago for posting harassing messages. He did, and he posted a video of him harassing Oliver Darcy in a public place while Oliver Darcy was acting as a reporter for CNN, which, in which capacity he lobbied to get Alex Jones banned. Not only that, but tried to scare advertisers away from InfoWars. Jones, uh, Jones spent uh, years promoting the claim that Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in 2012 was a hoax. And they keep bringing that up. Last year, he was ordered to pay nearly $1.5 billion. Also banned by Facebook and YouTube, Mr. Jones has said he hoped Mr. Mux would reinstate his account, which was formerly known as Twitter. 
In an interview with Tucker Carlson that aired on X on Thursday, Mr. Jones said the users regularly called on Mr. Mux to bring him back to the platform, which is true. And then it goes into what I just said about the poll. All right, uh, in the business section of the New York, Sunday New York Times, the AI subculture's motto, go, 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 the Accenture pro-tech movement known as effective accelerationism. You've probably heard of effective altruism. This is part of that same Silicon Valley geek squad, you know, that come up with these terms, wants to unshackle powerful AI and party along the way. So they just, no holds barred, let AI, which which has, it's been warned that AI will be the undoing of humanity. It'd be uh, dangerous for humanity, for civilization, but what the hell? Let's go, you know, in this decadent society, let's go along with it. The actual headline in the newspaper was all gas, no brakes approach to AI. I'm not going to really get into these articles. We have a lot to go through. We are going to be looking at uh, McCarthy's interview with CIA asset uh, Mockingbird. Rob Costa, McCarthy's exit may create even more headaches for the tiny GOP majority. The former speaker's decision to leave his seat a year early could affect control of the House and legislative agenda and his party's efforts to keep the majority in the 2024 election. Um, yeah, he is a traitor to the party because him leaving, among some other House members planning to retire and with the ouster of the guy from New York, George Santos, um, this is trouble for the small house majority. So why would you leave now? Um, because he wants to get, because he's a, he's a sleeper cell. And as you're going to hear that he grew up in a Democrat family, but now he's a Republican for some reason. Never talked about the disagreements he had with his family about being a Democrat. Although he supports Trump, he is sort of a rhino. If you didn't hear the ACLU as a new client, the National Rifle Association, the Civil Liberties Group says it opposes the NRA and its mission, but agreed to represent it in the Supreme Court in a free speech case. Why would they do that? And with the big turn we've seen from the ACLU, why American Civil Liberties Union, why should we trust them to represent the National Rifle Association? Why would the National Rifle Association agree? Um, it's going to be the downfall, the final nail in the coffin, probably for the NRA, which most people might cheer on. Now, this story was buried in the New York Times, and it is buried even online in all the other news. Um, from the Middle East, State Department bypasses Congress to approve Israel's order for tank ammunition. An actual headline in the newspaper was bypassing Congress. State Department pushes through ammunition sale to Israel. So basically, who's the dictator now when you're bypassing Congress to sell armaments to Israel when they have plenty of armaments? So, and nobody, and the left really doesn't want to even call attention to this fact because they're already in trouble with Biden's support for Israel's unfettered attack on Gaza, which the Hamas attack on Israel was allowed to happen because they knew it was coming. And so everybody knows now sort of why they allowed it to happen is so they could have the justification, like 9-11 was allowed to happen, they could have the justification to go in so the military-industrial complex could win many huge contracts, make billions of dollars, 
because of more funding for war efforts, what is seen as a sneak attack. It's the same thing they did in, in Pearl Harbor. Um, this is an interesting uh, article, though. Cartel tried to extort a town, but the town fought back. Officials say at least 14 people were killed in a clash between gunmen and members of a small farming community in central Mexico, an episode that the state authorities cast as gang extortion attempt that backfired. Apparently, the whole town came out with machetes and attacked the few gunmen that had showed up to extort the town. Britons love the NHS. Some will also pay to avoid it with million with millions long lines for routine surgery has become more common patients to pay for procedures that carries risk for the future of the treasure public system. Actual headline in the newspaper was long wait lists threaten UK promise for free healthcare. Indeed. And so anybody who wants free healthcare is rationed healthcare. And you should know this. If you want a healthcare system that is paid for through your tax dollars, which will inc greatly in increase your tax burden, and then what the state does is it rations care. So you have to wait in line, just like anything with socialism, communism, you have to, it's free, but you have to wait in line for it. Sort of like what the veterans have to do with their health care, they have to wait for health care and sometimes die while waiting. Okay, buying quiet inside the Israel plan that propped up Hamas, Prime Minister Bet Benjamin Netanyahu gambled that a strong Hamas, but not too strong, would keep the peace and reduce pressure for the Palestinian state. That's a lie. Basically, as many people had speculated before, Israel and the Mossad uh, built Hamas, maybe unbeknownst to the people in Hamas, but they allowed Hamas to be created, whether they created it or not, but allowed it to be funded. Here, not only did they know the secret plans for the attack, they allowed funding from, I believe it was the United Arab Emirates? Qatari, excuse me. Qatar's, uh, Qatari funding, secret Qatari funding of Hamas over the years to continue, even though they knew it was happening. Why would they do that? If you control both sides, you control the synthesis. Problem, reaction, solution, the Hegelian dialectic. You get the picture now? Why would the Rothschild banking cartel fund both sides of a war? Why would the Rockefellers do the same? Also, the cover story, the guns were said to be destroyed. Instead, they were reborn. Communities across the U.S. are fueling a secondary arms market by giving seized and surrendered guns to disposal services that destroy one part and resell the rest. Yeah, they destroy old guns that aren't resellable. But the police do, the police don't melt down or shred the guns anyway. So people should know that. I mean, you sell your guns back to the police or give them up or whatever, they end up back in the market. It's just the way it works. So fears of NATO withdrawal rise as Trump seeks a return to power. The actual headline in the newspaper was Trump's stance toward NATO alarms Europe. Current and former Europe European diplomats said there was a growing concern of a second Trump presidency that could mean an American retreat from the con continent and a gutting of NATO. We don't need NATO. NATO was built to um, as a bulwark against the Warsaw Pact and the Soviet Union, which no longer exist. 
And so now NATO's only mission is to destroy and subvert Russia, which isn't, which isn't communist anymore. So it's not an ideological enemy. Why would you spend millions of billions of dollars to thwart a country that is just nas- nationalistic? So I just want to go through some of the some heads here, but Trump wants to do, um, they worry about Ukrainian uh, funding for Ukraine, which in fact is a war on Russia. They're worried about everybody owes us money, said Trump, uh, which was true, is that the only person that was really paying the lion's share of NATO was the United States. And NATO isn't involved in defending the United States, it's involved in defending Europe. Against whom, I should ask. And this this misnomer that Vladimir Putin wants to attack Europe and reestablish, you know, the Soviet Republic or the Soviet Union, just not real. Transactional attitude, uh, again, Trump's maximalistic and yet vague rhetoric is bound up in his past displays of consistent skepticism about NATO. Indeed, because NATO had an agenda, it's a global elite agenda to undermine the closed society of Russia because Russia has a lot of natural resources that the, uh, I would say, capitalists, the venture capitalists or the crony capitalists would like to get their hands on. But... Russia, as it stands now, they don't let in American corporations to exploit the natural resources. They allow Russian companies to do so. That's the whole point. You know, after the Soviet Union fell, there was a privatization that was funded by the West, which was great, but Russia insisted that it was Russian corporations that extract natural resources, which is the way it is today. Supportive movement. So... It's all against Trump, they worry. Well, they should. I think NATO should be disbanded. There's no direct threat to Europe, to the continent of Europe, by Russia or anybody else. The claims that Russia wants to take over Europe is just ridiculous. All right, moving into the opinion pages. So in this opinion by David Dokul Lee, Mr. Lee, a professor of economics at Xinjiang University, wrote from Beijing... <laughs> That Kissinger was right about China and still is not. And then he said when he was in a Chinese village, his whole class, the U.S. President Nixon and his advisor, Dr. Kissinger, will be in China. What should we do? And one of the classmates said, down with the American imperialists, down with the Soviet revisionists, long live Chairman Mao. And the author said, arrest them because they are our enemies. Within a few years, I realized how wrong I had been. Bullshit. It realized that you had been played and the communist state was erected with the help and understanding of the West, particularly the CIA. And when it was time, 30 or so, 25 years later, um, the West returned with an open hand and said, we built you, we want to use you, We will send you, you know, financial wherewithal if you become the manufacturing hub. But you can't 
you know, he can't charge, you have to undercut American labor or Western labor. And that's exactly what happened. And then there's this other opinion piece by uh, Catherine Miller, the resolute Liz Cheney. Yeah, right. Catherine Miller says, Ms. Miller is a staff writer and editor in opinion. Okay. There's a scene in Liz Cheney's new memoir, Oath and Honor. Oh my God. And when she was still in Congress, she walks through the Capitol and into the Republican cloakroom, enters a phone booth, closes the door, and calls Mitch McConnell. Okay. There aren't so many plenty people that could just call up Mitch McConnell, nor quite the standard procedure on Capitol Hill, but she writes, I had known Mitch McConnell for decades. But she had only been in Congress for since 2016. In any case, um, this is a glowing account of Cheney, who um, who was resoundingly voted out of office when she turned on her party um, to excoriate Trump supporters during the January 6th committee and as well Trump. She's a anti-Trumper. She's an establishment Republican, like her father was. And But she's being heralded by the left as hope for the Republicans, a traitor to the Republican Party and to any nationalistic or MAGA America First folks, which she is. She is not. And she was resoundedly defeated in her Wyoming primary um, by like 30 points, which is unheard of, because she's a traitor. You can't... You can't side with the Democrats um, during a false committee, a lying committee that never got to the bottom of the, never got to the truth and destroyed all their records so they weren't made public. Um, So you saw what happened. Really disgusting. So I'm going to move on now to, uh, we're going to start off... um, now, let's start off with McCarthy uh, before we go to Langford, which is kind of ridiculous. He's kind of a rhino. He supports Trump, and he knows what's happening with Trump, which is good. But for him to abandon the party with such a slim majority um, is throwing his lot in with the establishment, the Uniparty, and the Democrats. <laughs> Former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has become the latest Washington lawmaker to head for the exits. Outright treason. He spoke Friday with our Robert Costa. The House? But it's eight of them kicked you out of the speakership. California Republican Kevin McCarthy holds a place in history as the first ever Speaker of the House to be voted out of that position. Back in January, it took McCarthy 15 ballots, more than any speaker dating back before the Civil War to win the gavel. Now, the 58-year-old McCarthy is quitting Congress, a year before his term is out. What? He leaves Republicans with a slim majority that is struggling mightily to find consensus. I come from California. I grew up in a family that were Democrats. What? I applied for an internship in a congressional seat. I got turned down. And now I got elected to that seat I couldn't get an internship for, and I got to be the 55th Speaker of the House. Tell me, any other country is that possible in? How do you reconcile all of that good feeling with the eight who pushed you out? 
and they showed the country. We don't get to hire who works with us, and we don't get to fire who works with us. In October, when McCarthy struck a deal to keep the government funded, eight Republicans responded by pushing him out. The office of Speaker of the House is hereby declared vacant. His chief antagonist, a congressman from Florida. When you hear the name Matt Gates, what word comes to mind? Of course, Kevin McCarthy does have a focus these days on the prospects of another Florida resident. Will Donald Trump be the nominee? Yes. And the Republican Party? Yes. And if Biden stays as the nominee for the Democrats, I believe Donald Trump will win. I believe the Republicans will gain more seats in the House and the Republicans will win the Senate. Can he count on your support? Yes. That's an endorsement. I will support the president. I will support President Trump. Would you be willing to serve in a Trump cabinet? In the right position. Look, if, I, if I'm the best person for the job, yes. The president bears responsibility for Wednesday's attack on Congress by mob rioters. What? His stark reversal after the January 6th insurrection. Outright treason. Going from blaming Trump to standing with him. Drew scorn from Democrats and some Republicans. You went to visit Trump at Mar-a-Lago. You threw him a lifeline. He might have been finished if you didn't go. Would you do it again? Well, that's your opinion, Ed. Um, <laughs> I know a lot's been written about that. I think at the day, I'll write a story about all about it in the book. You praise Trump's policies. <laughs> you say he's a good guy. It needs to be about rebuilding, restoring, renewing America. I believe Donald Trump will win. I believe the Republicans will gain more seats in the House and the Republicans will win the Senate. Yeah, there you go. There it is. He endorses Trump. He believes Trump is going to win, as he's often said, as I do as well, um, if there's no funny business. Um, but let's move on to a Republican senator from, oh, my God, where is he from? Nebraska? I'll have to double check. But um, Langford, who uh, lays out that they're trying they're trying to get funding for border security, but uh, the deep state, the Uniparty, and the Democrats want to attach it to a war bill, support for Ukraine and Israel. Senator James Lankford. He is the lead Republican negotiator. The lead Democratic negotiator, Senator Chris Murphy, said it is tragic Republicans are tying the border aid package to the issue of Ukraine aid. <laughs> He said Republican demands right now are unreasonable and <laughs> unreasonable in the next 24 to 48 hours. This started with the Biden administration saying that we need to do a national security package that has Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, and the border. What? And then they immediately came out and said, we need more than funding. And if I talked to just about anyone in the country outside of Washington, D.C., mm -hmm. they would say the border is chaotic right now. We had the highest number of crossings of any September ever last right. September, the highest October ever, the highest November ever, and we had the highest single day just this last week. It is l literally spiraling out of control. All we're trying to do is to say what tools are needed to be able to get this back in control so we don't have the chaos on our southern border. So the problem is the administration is trying to be able to figure out how to be able to just slow down a little bit of the flow. We had 12,000 people, for instance, on Tuesday of this last week that crossed the border illegally. They're trying to figure out some way to be able to say, well, we'll do a few thousand less, but not actually stop the flow. Just to give you a perspective, so what would stop we've the had flow? more people cross illegally 
Well, I would tell you a lot of things. Let me just give you a context piece on this, though. During You take any year during the Obama administration, we've had more people cross illegally just October, November, and December so far this year than we had in any year in the Obama administration. So this is not a matter of just let's yeah. turn it down a little bit. We've got to figure out how to be able to manage this. The first things first is asylum. Right now, people come in and say, I want to request asylum. There's so many people, and the cartels know it, and the smugglers know it, that they can throw thousands of people a day. There's no way to process that. Mm -hmm. And so it's years before they're processed, so they're just released in the country. I thought that the becomes White House a was willing for on more. asylum to tighten those regulations. Right now, we're actually screening about 500 people a day what? for asylum. A typical day in this last week was 10,000 people a day. Even if you double or triple, as the administration would say, well, let's just double the number mm -hmm. of screenings we're doing. Now we're screening a thousand people a day and we're still releasing 9,000 people into the country. So that doesn't manage the actual issue. As long as we're saying we'll, we'll screen a thousand and then we'll release everyone else into the country, yeah. the cartels know that and everyone coming will just pay the cartels and they know they'll be released. The House Republicans laid out a very good proposal, very thorough, covered a lot of issues, had no Democrats. Obviously, we're not going to get 20, 30 Democrats in the Senate or a Democrat White House to be able to sign that. But that doesn't mean we just sit and do nothing. We've got to be able to solve this crisis with 10,000 plus people a day on average just this last week crossing every day and half a million so far in the last two months. We can't just sit and say we're going to do nothing. You are proposing a new expulsion authority similar to Title 42. That would also automate a border shutdown if the number of migrants crossing hits a certain level. You'd mandate electronic monitoring for everyone, including children. And you want to restrict the administration's parole authority to release migrants from detention. And right now, there's been no consideration with the White House of how do we actually manage the capacity issues that are there. They seem to be focused on how many people can we just release into the country and tell them we'll do a hearing sometime later. <coughs> and literally, we don't know these people. Literally, thousands of people have crossed the border just in the past few months yes. that this administration identified as what they call special interest aliens, what? specifically saying they're a national security risk <coughs> that they were released into the country on right. their own recognizance. Treason. President Biden says that you, sir, are giving Vladimir Putin a Christmas present <laughs> because this doesn't look like it's going to pass in 2023, oh. and it's unclear when it could. I don't meet very many Americans that think what's happening at the border is going well, and even the president's team themselves actually said if you hand them more money, it doesn't solve the problem. It just facilitates more people coming into the country. We have drugs coming into the country. Yeah. We have national security risks coming into the country. And they've literally shut down legal migration. The San Ysidro port, the busiest port in America, was shut down this weekend as they moved all the right. staff off of legal migration to help facilitate illegal migration. That's got to stop. No, no, we're seeing in our own polling that this is a top issue for Americans. And this linkage to Ukraine... The president says if they don't get this funding now. No, no. The, the, the focus is we hear from so many people is why would we deal with other people's national security and ignore American national security? Why would we literally allow people across our southern border? This administration labels national security risks by the thousands coming into the country, separate from just the migrants that are coming from employment. We have individuals, they've literally labeled national security risks coming into the country. Why would we not work to be able to stop that? We had the highest number of crossings of any September ever, last September, the highest October ever, the highest November ever, and we had the highest single day just this last week. It is literally spiraling out of control. Yeah, there you go. Uh, there's Senator Lankford uh, telling us what's, you know, obviously most people, not just Republicans, but Democrats don't like what's happening at the border. Just most Americans don't like what's happening at the border. Most Americans don't want to fund, continue to fund Ukraine and the war against Russia. 
And then there's a split on the Israeli Hamas thing. Um, and most people in the electorate support Donald Trump. That's the political background. Most people understand what's happening. They're worried about economics and the southern border. Um, so those two things uh, can be solved by po the policies that Donald Trump proposes and that he implemented during his presidency. So, right, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a comment down below. Stay tuned for Tuesdays with Perry this week. It'll probably be tomorrow. You know, that's that's the problem, is why don't... All right, so Langford is a senator from Oklahoma. I'm sorry, what did I say? Missouri or Nebraska? I think I said Nebraska. So as I said, don't forget to engage the channel. Um, leave a comment. Check out my other website, libpop.org, and I'll see you tomorrow. Don't forget to try to check out Tuesdays with Perry this week. We skipped last week, uh, so we have a lot to talk about. All right, see you tomorrow. Rooted revelation. I don't make money from Russia. You made three and a half million dollars, Joe.